This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Good afternoon, Cherries fans, and welcome to this latest episode here on Up the Cherries in All Departments. So we got our first win under Andoni Iriola last weekend. So a 2-1 victory against Burnley at Dean Court. We also played in the Carabao Cup against Liverpool. Um, Again, a narrow 2-1 defeat. Darwin Nunes, what a strike that was from him. What can you do? So, who are we playing this weekend? It's going to be a quite easy game. Uh, oh, we've got Manchester City. Um, probably the least easy game that you're going to get in the Premier League. The game that you probably don't want after your first victory of the season. But you never know. And Doni Iriola is still a man under pressure. And look at what it did for Gary O'Neill when he was under pressure at Wolves. Maybe history right repeat itself. Well, it is a pleasure to discuss this game with the leading Manchester City podcast, Blue Moon podcast, Dave Mooney. Good afternoon, Dave. How are you doing? I'm well, I'm well. How are things? Yeah, all good, mate. All good. Um, And, of course, Man City, um, as you would expect near the top of the table, probably the last team we want to be visiting (laughs) after our first win of the season. But two defeats on the board already. Do you feel that maybe this season is going to be a bit more difficult than, you know, last season, of course, was? Um, I don't know because I didn't think last season was all that easy. Um, as as uh, it, it's very easy to say that you, um, you you look at the outcome of the season and go, well, you know what, they've won a treble. It's like everything seems to be rosy. Um, I honestly didn't think I, I didn't think they were there or thereabouts come mm. what, February or so, February March time. Yeah. Um, they didn't seem to be able to put a run together. They were kind of stumbling their way through um, through games and, and just about getting over the line in some of them. And I mean, the the kind of culmination of all of that was uh, we drew at Nottingham Forest, um, which I'm I'm not entirely sure of, of which weekend it was, but it was it was kind of kind of late February, early March time. Yeah, and. The performance there was was all right. They created a lot of chances. They had a lot of the ball. They dominated the game. Didn't put anything in the net and 
you know, Forrest scored a um, a goal probably five minutes from time or so, um, yeah. where pretty much everybody on the pitch seemed to have a collective meltdown and lose their mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and Forrest equalised. And then it was just kind of like, oh, that's that's the sort of season we're having then, is it? Um, and then from there on in, because I, I, I was thinking at that point, that's, that, that's it. They're probably going to end up keep doing this through the course of the season. They'll put up a title challenge because they'll be, they'll be, they have the quality players and they, they, they'll win enough games to be able to do it. But every third or fourth game, they'll drop silly points against a team that you expect them to beat, and everything will, will, will fall apart that way. Um, and then I think they only lost two games after that for the entire season, <laughs> yeah. and both of them were after they'd won the title. Uh, so yeah. it shows what I know. I mean, I don't know why I'm here. It shows what I know. I mean, I know nothing, do I? Um, but they were obviously working through some stuff last season. Um, and, it, you know, it's to the average football fan, it's very easy to to go to look at the team that they had two years ago and three years ago when they were playing the false nine setup and go, okay, well, you look how dominant City have been. Take Erling Haaland, the best striker that there has ever been, and pop them in, pop him in yeah. the, the front of, of that team. And they will just carry on winning. Um, but it's not as simple as that in the real world. It's the first kind of part of last season was Guardiola working out how he could continue to have the the control of games that he did um, when he had the false nine set up because he had an he basically had an extra midfielder in the centre of the pitch, um, yeah. and how he could have that control without having the false nine there and having uh, having someone who's the centre forward. And the centre forward is not Aguero. It's not Gabriel Jesus. It's not a centre forward that he's worked with before in, and kind of built a system for that. It's not just a case of flip the switch and go back to the old system. It's you need something new to be able to, to do what you were doing. Um, and so that was, that was the first half of last season was working out how to do that. Um, and then he did that. And the second half of last season was, was the reward of that. Um, and so coming into this season, you kind of, I, I kind of felt it would be a bit, little bit easier on that front. But then you see how some teams have started the season. Um, I think, like you have to remember, last season Liverpool were not the force that everyone expected them to be, and I, I think they'll be there or thereabouts for the title again this season. Um, Spurs. I mean, who knew Harry Kane was holding Spurs back? That, that, well, that, exactly. that, that, that's a that's a revelation, isn't it? Um, but they've been they've been fantastic this season. And yeah. um, as a City fan, it really pains me to say that because we're brought up to absolutely hate Spurs for what they did to us for, <laughs> for years. Um, so they're another one that are, that are in the mix. I don't think they're I don't think they're particularly title challengers yet. Uh, but then again, I would have said that of Arsenal last season up until kind of. Christmas time, so um, you know we'll we'll see where that goes. And Arsenal are obviously not going anywhere. I don't think they've started as well as they might have done, um, but they've they've started pretty well, and and they're they're not going to go away. So I think um, I, I think that the question this season is a lot harder to answer of of uh, who will be. I think City will be one of the main title challengers, but who will be their their challengers alongside them? I don't know, um, but I think there'll be more than there was last season, and that probably makes it a little bit harder. No, fair enough. Um, we did, of course, do this last season. And the one thing that you said you wanted to win, Dave, was the Champions League. Mm. And you did it. You know, how do you better that now? Um, it's funny because uh, Guardiola spoke um, mm-hmm. about six weeks ago about... Um, he, he was asked a question about... Um, I just a nothing question in a press conference. And he said, and he dropped the line in there, the treble had an effect on us all. And 
I kind of wondered what he meant by that. Um, and then it was then somebody else, the next press conference, somebody else followed it up and just said, what, uh, like, what was what was that all about? Um, and it boiled down to him basically saying, oh, it's nothing, it's nothing, it's nothing. And I, I wonder if there's actually, if he can see something in this City side at the moment mm. that says they're not at the level where they might have been had they not won the treble last season. Had they, and It's not to say they're not hungry, but it's actually really, really hard to go again when you've achieved something as big as what they achieved last season. Um, so for me as a fan personally, you just like I, I sometimes have to remind myself not to get too annoyed by things this season. Mm-hmm. When they lost to Arsenal, when they lost to Wolves, like don't get too annoyed by it because I had the privilege last season of seeing what I saw. And um not only do most teams fans not get that privilege, you know, um, there's there's only a select few clubs who have the ability to win the European Cup, who have the ability to win the Premier League. They're, they're like no nobody's nobody's suggesting it's a fairy tale what City have done, and equally, um, I, I I don't think any fans of other clubs kind of begrudge City fans that success after what they did in. Yeah, after where after where they were in the nineties, eighties yeah. sort of thing. Uh, but at the same time, everybody wants that for their own team. And I understand the the sort of I, I understand you have to check your privilege sometimes of me coming on here and saying, Oh, it's awful, you know, all these other teams that could challenge for the title <laughs> when like most fans don't get the privilege to see that. So you have to kind of keep yourself in check. And I think for me, um it's not a case of how do you better that because I don't think you can. I don't think you can. No. I don't think I can sit here this season and go. Oh, I mean, they're already out at the Carabao Cup, so so already they they physically can't do a better season than they had last Wait. season. <laughs> yeah. But it, it, it's it's kind of like um, it, it's it's kind of like if you're going into the season expecting that, then you're just kind of way off the mark. And I think at the same time, you just have to accept that you get to enjoy what you enjoy. And I I I really I really really enjoyed the treble last season. Um, <laughs> I, I won't go. I won't, I won't bore you too much. But the the Premier League was um, it, it was it was really good to win that again um, because yeah. obviously City had never done three times uh, three in a row. Um, only two clubs had ever done three in a row, and no club had done four in a row. And that is my objective for this season. That's what I want to see yeah. this season. Um, I'm kind of all right if they win again. Check your privilege. Kind of all right if they only win the league. What? Listen to yourself. Um, <laughs> But like if if they don't win anything else alongside it, but they win the league for a fourth time in a row, you like that's never been done before. And I would absolutely love that. I think that would be an amazing achievement. Um, so that's where I see City as bettering last season. It kind of becomes a culminating effect of of all the all the seasons gone by. Um, but at the same time, I just kind of I, I have to I have to kind of send out that warning to other City fans of um don't get too hung up about what the future can hold because you don't enjoy the present then in that case if you if you spend all your time like like i was seeing people getting really worried that city's transfer business hadn't been good enough over the summer um and this was like this was like a fortnight after they just lifted the european cup and i'm like can you just can you just enjoy yourself for a bit yeah. like 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 you, you've just experienced something that no fans like 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 the vast majority of football fans don't get to experience so just calm down like don't worry about whether they've whether they've done the right business or not that's that's a future you problem a current you should just be enjoying that you are european champions and you've you know sit down and i i when 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 you scroll in Twitter and when you when you're looking on social media, uh, the Rodri goal against Inter comes up, and the Gundogan yeah. goal against United in the cup final comes up, and they're automatic watches. You have to just you just have to watch them. That's like you can't you can't skip past them. And Bournemouth fans will have their goals that that mean the same sort of thing. Um, and 
you just kind of have to remember to live in the moment for that reason. So how do you better last season? I don't think you can. And I don't think that's a problem either. I don't think it's something that, that we should get too hung up on. No, I completely understand where you're coming from. And to be fair, it's something that we could only dream of here at Dean Court. Wow. It's, it's, it, you say that, and like this is this is the thing is that it's something I only dreamed of. I mean, I yeah. I remember I remember going to Dean Court. I, I didn't go to the game, but I remember I followed it on teletext. Remember, remember when you started yes, to do that? Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, we drew nil nil at your place in yeah. uh, 1998, uh, just before Christmas, I think it was. I remember yeah. just after Christmas in '99. Um, but Jamie Pollock was sent off and Kevin Horlock was sent off. And all I remember is just seeing the teletext, watching the teletext pages flick over. Then having to wait that kind of three or four minutes while it flicked through all the other Division Two scores. And then the next update was another line in red, Jamie Pollock sent off whatever time. And you're like, oh, right, okay then. Right, we'll, 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 we'll do well to get some, we'll get a point out of this then. And then Kevin Horlock sent off. And you just kind of, when you, when you watch that and when I think back to that childhood, and that was the same season that United won the treble, I I remember thinking like I, I'm never going to get to experience that. And listen, nobody's suggesting that um, that's that what the the way City have done it. That avenue is open to everybody. It isn't. I get that. Um, I I have to remember that City basically won the lottery in the first instance by by getting a really rich owner. Uh, they won it again by having by by employing people who had a clear strategy. Because the the one thing that you can say between uh, that as well, because they they've won the lottery for a third time uh, when their rise has coincided with United's demise. Um, because there's nothing funnier than seeing Manchester United where they're at at the moment, convinced that yeah. they're that the way they're doing things is the right way to do things. Looking at how City do it and, and going, well, that that you know, behind the scenes they're doing everything uh, in to, to to build the football team to be able to compete at, at such a level. And you can say, I mean, City don't get to where they are without the money that they've spent, but at the same time they've had to spend it well. United have spent about the same money in the in the Guardiola era. United have spent about the same money as City, and they are no closer to get to to achieving anything that that City have done. Um, so it, it's not just about the money that's been spent; it's about how they've done it. And you, it, it can be distasteful the amount of money that they have spent, but at the same time you kind of have to hold your hands up and say they've spent it quite well. So when you think back to when I think back to my childhood. Um, I again have to check that privilege because it, it's such a it's such an honour to be able to to think back to those days and be able to to reminisce with the knowledge that it all turns out like it does. Well, let's just quickly go to that game last Sunday, the Manchester derby, um, and I think you were quite generous to them. To be honest, <laughs> it could be, it could have been a lot lot worse for Man United, yeah. um, and. Were you happy with that performance? Considering it's a 3-0 win, you know, if we beat Manchester United, you know, we'd be delighted with that scoreline. Yeah. But let's be honest, it could have been six or seven, really. It could. And I, um, I'm i perfectly happy with three. I mean, the, there's the 6-1 the result in 2012 goes down in, in City folklore. But the truth yeah. is, what happened on Sunday was much bigger than, than that. Um, City City absolutely battered United on, on Sunday. Whereas in that 6-1, they had a spell where United were on top at the start of the game. United were on top in the middle of the game as well. They pulled one back. And I remember thinking at 3-1, uh, I remember thinking, oh God, they're down to 10 men. Don't don't mess this up now. And of course, we scored three goals in like, like they were like 89, 90 plus one and yeah. 90 plus five. And it was, it, it, it was it, like, don't get me wrong. That is really, really fun. So absolutely just demolish <laughs> them. Um, 
But at the same time, in terms of an absolute 90 minutes complete performance, there's been a couple under Guardiola where City have gone to Old Trafford and absolutely humiliated United. But the score doesn't look like they have. Um, there was one. There was a 2-0 a couple of years ago. I think United had about 10 touches outside of their own box. It was, it was ridiculously one-sided. Um, and then last Sunday again, uh, City missed a fair few chances. United missed a couple, but that is, it, it, it's it's almost like you you look at uh, the two approaches to the game. And Ten Hag after the game was talking about how um, it was almost like on another day things would have been fine um, mm-hmm. because you know on another day City missed their chances and we score ours, and it, like it just doesn't work like that because no. City's game plan was far much better than United's. Um, the way Ten Hag was speaking, it, it, it was almost as if he was happy with with the with the performance, and the performance was, you know, kind of sit deep and hope and hope City don't do as well as they could. And it's like, is that the best you've got? I genuinely think Bournemouth will have a better game plan this weekend than United had last weekend, and that like. When you when you think of of it's almost this attitude of we're Manchester United we should be we should be you know um, where we are because of who we are and it's like it's it, it just you're just not that anymore you're not you're not the team that comes in and bullies teams as uh, like you used to um, but they have enough quality players that they'll scab a win a, a last minute win against Sheffield United or you know they'll they'll get over the line against Copenhagen and and it kind of papers over the cracks and you know what as a City fan let that keep happening let that keep happening the longer they don't yeah. actually address their problems uh, the longer this goes on and uh, the, the bigger the gulf between the two teams uh, becomes and um, I mentioned that that game at, that, at Dean Court in 98-99 um, the absolute ribbing I took from United fans at, at school in those era in that era um, and yet, and they have the cheek to be posting things on social media about how uh, these days about why, why does nobody have sympathy for for us? Like it's, this, this is our worst time ever. And I was like, yeah, because when we were enduring our worst time ever, you didn't have much sympathy for us. In fact, you kept put, rubbing it in our faces. You know what? I find it really, really, really funny these days. <laughs> I was reading something the other day, and they were making it out to be an absolute disaster. What is going there on know, there? They're, at the moment. they're, they're still probably going to qualify for the Champions League. It's like, yeah, and you look at teams like Southend United, <laughs> who I believe were in the same division back then, if yeah. I'm right in thinking, um, you know, where they're struggling to stay in business. Yeah, so... I mean, we we played, uh, our our Nadir in, in City football history is widely regarded as an away game at York. Um, look where York are these days. They're not, I mean, that, 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 that was a high point for York, beating City in, uh, in 98. <laughs> Well, there was one team that did, you know, get it right against Manchester City this season. I'm sorry to bring this up, Dave, but of course, our former manager Gary O'Neill. Yeah, um, <laughs> we've heard from what Wolves fans thought of it, but from a City perspective, did you think that it was Man City had an off day? Do you think that Gary set up well, and is that the way to beat Man City? So what I'd say is. Um... You, you need a couple of factors to beat City these days uh, because, uh, again, it, it kind of comes back around. So let's let's kind of take a step back and have a look at the at the, at the kind of three-pronged issue of City at the top of the table. <laughs> the reason why City is so consistent at the top of the table is they've got a manager with a very clear vision. Uh, they've got a lot of resources that they can spend. And as, as much as um, you can kind of point to, 
I mean, I mean the, the classic thing is your comments are likely to be filled with th- with things like 115 charges. It's like as if nobody ever mentions it. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah we <laughs> we, are, we are very aware that that is currently ongoing, but you know, we we wait to see the outcome of that. Um, but like, we take City at face value at the moment until told otherwise. And they're a self-sufficient team these days. They um, bring in the sponsorship money that they do. Um, and it all came about because of that initial investment from uh, Sheikh Mansour. Yeah. So they have they have money to spend. They have a manager with a clear vision. And they have football people in charge who are geared towards giving the manager what he needs to create that vision. And that is not to say that Guardiola gets everything he, want because he, he wants because he doesn't. He, he quite often gets... Um, told that they're not going to spend X or Y on a particular player. And fans get a bit frustrated sometimes, but like you look at someone like Harry Maguire, for instance. I, I have no doubt had Maguire joined City, he would be a much better player than he is now. But City yeah. ultimately walked away from the deal because they didn't think that what Leicester wanted for, for Maguire was, was value for money. And Guardiola was really, really angry about that. And in fact, he, he didn't get a centre-back that summer and not having a centre-back was one of the reasons why the, the 1920 season didn't go as well as it should have done. Um, so like, they, they don't just throw money at every problem. They, they As I said before, they, they kind of spend it where they need to spend it in order to build the platform that they do. And United don't have that. Liverpool, to an extent, have that because they've got Klopp with the vision. They've got, um, they have a little bit of, of kind of responsibility with, with what players they do and don't buy, but they don't have as much resources. They have resources, but they don't have much yeah. re- as much resources as City do. Arsenal are getting towards that way. I think Spurs are getting towards that way as well. So you, you kind of, you put all that into, into one kind of um, thing. But what it does is it creates a football team that is very, very, very hard to beat. And, you know, most te- like it doesn't mean that they won't lose games. It doesn't mean that, you know, things don't go the way that, that um, you, you expect them to. Because... Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Picture the scene all of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. You need a... a, 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 What it does mean is that you need various factors into winning a game. And what happened in that Wolves game was very, very much uh, those factors. So first off, Rodri's suspended. And that's a a major thing for City. He He is the one player in City's team that is irreplaceable. Even to the point these days of, you know, Haaland isn't available, they'll do something else. Alvarez is is just as good an option in different ways. Um, they haven't got Grealish or um, they haven't got Foden. They will find something else to do in the in the front end of the pitch. Even even back in the day, you'd say if they haven't got Edison, that's a problem. But these days, Stefan Ortega is is as much and much more than an adequate replacement. He's he's very very good. Um, but Rodri's out, and I mean it's pretty clear Calvin Phillips hasn't worked out as a as a transfer. So they they don't have that option. So that was one thing. Um, City's solution to that didn't quite work, and in 
in not quite in then trying to fix what it what wasn't working. Guardiola's kind of had to tinker a little bit, and it's not just not really worked on the day. And at the same time, um, Wolves did something else that you have to do if you're going to beat City, and that's took their chances. They had one shot on target and scored two goals. That is that like that is the epitome of when we get down the other end of the pitch, we have to make it count, and they did. Um, and then at the same time, on top of that, the, the, the third thing you kind of need on top of all of that is for City to kind of misfire. And not having Rodri, the setup the way it was, kind of meant that they couldn't really get Alvarez into the game properly and they couldn't really get Haaland into the game. Um, and you get a perfect storm of what happens when City lose a game. Now, most of the time when City lose, that's kind of how it's happened. Um, the factors that go into it can be different each time. It could be, you know, a little bit of bad luck. The ball bounces a different way. You look at the Arsenal game, for instance, that's a very, very even game uh, decided by a deflection. And, yeah. you know, you kind of you kind of roll with the punches on that one. It was mm-hmm. City didn't play particularly well. Arsenal didn't play particularly well. You get what you deserve. And City didn't do enough to win the game. You risk losing it in, that for, in, in those games. So um, as much as I admire Gary O'Neill speaking in the press conference afterwards and on TV talking about uh, about the, the 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 massive job he'd done in in kind of cutting out the spaces and funneling City where where he wanted them to go, um, my my counterpoint to that is a lot of other managers do that as well. <laughs> he's yes. he's he's not invented defending deep. He's not invented no. cutting out space. Um, so you kind of need a few things to go in your favour and it and it worked out for them. And I don't begrudge Wolves the result and I don't begrudge uh, Gary O'Neill taking the plaudits for that because he like the team, the Wolves did defend really well and they did play really well to, to get the, the points in that game. Um, but like, I always feel these days when City drop points, you kind of need City to help you kind of get something off them. Um, and I mean, I, I appreciate that isn't really very encouraging for opposition fans, but it's, it's kind of the landscape of, of football these days. Um, and I think City are the extreme example of that, but I think there is, there's a lot of other teams where that happens. Like I think back in the data when United were dominant, if, if City were ever going to get anything off them, um, City had to be perfect and United had to have an off day. It's it's just the names that have changed, really. Um, and you look at the gap in the, in the league, I think the gap between um, the haves and the have-nots is only ever getting wider. And that's kind of where we're at at the minute. It's it's a it's kind of a shame, but it doesn't mean that the have-nots never win. It just means that that for it to happen, it, it needs a specific set of events that sometimes is just beyond your control. Is there any factors that could sway in our favour this weekend? Uh, I mean, there is. I don't know what they are, <laughs> but yeah. there, there, there is. Um, it's, my my favourite thing about this sort of thing, about this sort of question, is again, you kind of have to check your privilege because I can't come on here and yeah. say that. Oh yes, well, City will just go and steamroller Bournemouth, but the chances are City will just go and steamroller Bournemouth. Yeah. And that's not to say Bournemouth are a bad team. It's just to say that City are, 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 are just this really incredible bear moth that just that just goes and does that to most most teams. Um, but at the same time, you come on and say that, and then you know the the one week where you do say it, it turns out to be the one where everybody plays badly and Bournemouth nick a 1-0 win and you go and and then your mentions are just filled with people saying well I thought you said this was going to happen it's like well that that does happen most times so there's there's not it's not impossible that Bournemouth get something out of this game um I would say it's improbable and uh as, as much as as um that's as much as you as as that seems like quite a harsh thing to say. I would also kind of expect from your side of things, you're probably expect not looking at this game as, as a game that you need to win to keep yourself in the league. Um, that's there's probably more a case of anything we get from this game's a bonus. And yeah, you know, Iriola, I. I believe he. Had, I don't know. I'm not seeing that much of Bournemouth this season. I don't know how how he's been imposing himself on on the Bournemouth team. 
Um, but I, 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 a friend of mine covers Spanish football, and he said he he, he said he always had a, a good record against the big teams in Spain. Um, and so that might mean he's he's got something up his sleeve for this weekend. It, it, I, the best thing I think that that opposition teams can do is try and not give City too much space. Try and not kind of fall out of their shape and and stay concentrated because the the thing with City is they tend not to get frustrated. Um, but if you can get to a point where you where you are frustrating them, if you can get if you can if you can survive an hour without having conceded, which is you know, a lot of teams come to the Etihad and don't do that. Um, but if you can get that far, then you're almost in that position where the finishing line is in sight. And, you know, if the fans are starting to get a bit anxious and that transmits to the players, the performance can get a bit sticky. Um, but at the same time, if there are there are some days where City can just go, you're not going to win this game. And that's just how it is. And there's there's literally nothing you can do about that. So, um, you kind of just you kind of need that again. You kind of need that perfect storm. And uh, as uh, as uh, as much as I downplay City's City's dominance, sometimes uh, you do have to hold your hands up and and, and say, on you know, ninety nine times out of a hundred, Bournemouth are not getting anything at the weekend. But the weekend could be that one in one hundred opportunity, and you you never know. I got to be honest, Dave. You know, last season, you know, when we played City, um, to be honest, when when we played played you at the Etihad last season I don't think it was a bad performance mm. you know and especially when we played you at Dean Court it wasn't a bad performance but it is that dominance it is that you know let's be honest we lost both games you know conceded four goals in each so I think you know I completely understand and this is just a bonus game for us um we're just clutching at straws hoping to get <laughs> something um we might as well come to this. How do you reckon this is going to go, Dave? Um, I, well, I think the game should, like again on paper, it should go yeah. the way they they did last season. Bournemouth might might put in a, a good performance, um, but but City should just have too much. It's, I, I mean, the, the other factors that that could sway the game is, I mean, you look at the at the Forest game that City played at the Etihad recently. They were two 0 up at half time. They were absolutely cruising, and for whatever reason, Rodri comes out in the second half and sticks his hands around somebody's throat, and you're kind of like, why have you done that? Like, there, there's literally yeah. no reason for you to do that. So if if a City player does something stupid in the first half, it can be a, it could be an entirely different game. Um, and you look at, at teams that have have come to the Etihad and counted well. Um, I mean, I remember a couple of years ago, uh, Palace came to the Etihad and uh, got themselves in front, one nil up, and then um, managed to get Zahar through. Laporte fouled him, and it was a clear goal scoring opportunity, red card, and then suddenly City are one nil down with ten men. And as good as you are, that's a really hard thing to come back from and Palace ended up winning the game. Um, so it's it's not like there are not circumstances in which this game doesn't go as you would expect, but most of the times it should go as, as you expect. So I expect City to have a lot of the ball. I expect a lot of the game to be played in the Bournemouth half. Uh, and I would hope uh, that City would score quite a few goals. I, I'm in a WhatsApp group of, of uh, City fans and um, we've all said, Given that the fixtures around this, so we've had um, we've just played Arsenal recently. We've had United, uh, which is as 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 much as I make fun of how rubbish they were, uh, it is still a stressful game because it's a derby. Uh, we've got Chelsea to come. We've got Liverpool to come. We've got Spurs to come. Spurs who have this weird hoodoo over us that consistently they consistently beat us. Um, and in that smack bang in the middle of it all is Bournemouth. 
And we've all just kind of said what what we kind of hope is just one of those City games where they get the job done early and we can all just relax and there's no tension at all. And like if it, if it finishes 3-0, then fa- fantastic. But as long as all those three goals have come pretty, pretty early, then we're quite happy with that performance. And if, and you know, if, as long as you don't get too much of a battering and we don't, and we don't have to worry till the 90th minute, then, then we're fine because we're going to have, we're going to do a lot of worrying over the next few weeks. Um, and these are the sorts of games where if you take your eye off them, then you can drop the ball. So just for for the love of God, do not drop the ball this weekend. Well, I wonder, and, you know, to be honest, I, I've been thinking about this. And Iriola has just got his first win, you know, a decent performance in the cup against Liverpool. We're not going to win the game. You know, we are going to get beat. But I think it's going to be a lot more narrow than some people think. Yeah. Um, I think the players are going to be determined and of course with those games coming up like you said you know is Guardiola going to really I think he's going to prioritize those games of course you've got the Champions League game coming up as well he he does this weird thing so like he'll look at this week and go um if we lose to Bournemouth then we have more opportunities to put that right than we do if we if we don't get the single point that we need against young boys to go through in the Champions League group. And so like there's a there's a real danger that he looks at this week and goes, the young boys game is the one that I'm focusing on. And I'm just like, why? Why 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 would you do that? They need a point from three games in the Champions League. They'll be fine. Um but he, he, having said all that again, it's like the other side of this is, uh, oh, City have rested players. Well, who are they playing? Well, they're only playing Alvarez, Bernardo, Foden, Grealish. Like, like oh, oh, fine, that's that's City resting players, isn't it? Yeah. Um, City have got a, they've got a tiny squad, and um, it, it always surprises people. I think when when they realise that uh, City's squad is full of depth of quality, but not depth of numbers. And so when they when they make a few changes, that's probably all they can do, really. They can probably only make two or three changes before they actually genuinely start losing a little bit of quality here and there because they're bringing youngsters in or whatever. Um, so I, I think I, I think any Bournemouth fans who are hoping that Guardiola will rotate for this one, I think is... Uh, I, 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 I think... It might be wishful thinking. Um, he's got a habit of going pretty strong for, for games uh, in order to do two things, in order to get points on the board, but in also to, to build momentum. And he, were, he will not want to risk dropping points ahead of a run that involves Chelsea, Liverpool, Spurs, uh, because he, he knows the best way to win games is to do it in a sequence and to get, and to get that kind of feeling of invincibility. Um, City's best, best performances every single season come in March, April, May time, when uh, Guardiola, there's a there's a, a phrase he uses in Spanish. Uh, we have to win, C or C, yes or yes. Like they're, they're, there's just no option but to win. Um, and at this point in the season, we're not usually in that mode. Uh, but I did wonder if the fixture list that we have coming up after this game kind of puts him in that mode. Um, and that could that that could actually spell trouble rather than uh, rather than anything else. So um, I, I don't think he'll. I don't think he'll. Uh, I, I, he might not go exactly the strongest of strong teams that he could do, uh, but a, a rotated City side is still pretty good, and um, the the quality that will be in the team, I think, will be uh, will will be there. Um, I can see it, like he he isn't dropping Harland, for instance. He isn't gonna he, he won't do that unless unless Harland is not fit, he will play. Um, same for Rodri, and kind of everybody else is it kind of fits into systems left, right, and center. So whoever he picks around those two. Um, 
will probably cause you problems on a, 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 a unless it's a bad day. I'm a bit disappointed now. <laughs> you know, to be honest, I didn't want to see Haaland. I didn't want to see Rodri. I thought, yeah, just you know, no, he, he, bit, he won't do it. His rotation might be that he plays Rico Lewis, um, and, and Rico Lewis has been uh, uh, the anomaly in in the 18 year old that actually comes in and looks like he's been in the team for 15 years. So. <laughs> No, fair enough. It's going to be a very, very difficult game, but we're, we've just got our fingers and toes crossed that we can get something hey, from You never it. know. You never know, do you? Exactly. Exactly. Iriola is a man under pressure. You know, I think he remains a man under pressure, even despite that Burnley win. Um, and the performance against Liverpool was a lot, lot better. We need points on the board. And what a better way to release some of that pressure but to be the best team in the world at the moment. Mm. Let's be honest. The best yeah. team in the world. You know, I think it'll probably save his job for a lot, lot longer. Um, probably not out the woods, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, he'd be, probably be resting a lot more comfortably considering, you know, if he did get a win up at the he had, but it's a big, big ask. Yeah, it, it, it worked for Wolves. Wolves looked uh, looked like they were struggling, then they've beaten City and they seem to have uh, picked up a bit. So uh, you never know. And Gary O'Neill, believe it or not, seemed to be in the same sort of boat going into that weekend as well. Mm. So you never know. Dave, before you go, do tell us where we can find the Blue Moon podcast as well. Oh, everywhere. Um, you can't you can't escape me. If you if you follow me on socials, you can't escape from me. So uh, Blue Moon podcast on Twitter, or, or X as it's known these days, uh, but nobody calls it that. Um, I'm also David Mooney on Twitter because I'm very unimaginative and just, I, and I got in really early. Uh, I was on Twitter as one of the, I was the first David Mooney on Twitter. So I got the, I got the handle. Um, and, uh, yeah, just, just search for Apple, Google, uh, Spotify, all the usual podcast players. It's, it, it's in there. Um, and I mean, I don't know why you'd want to listen to it as a Bournemouth fan, but crack on if you do. I mean, more, more listeners, the better for me, but, uh, but if you're, if you're a Bournemouth fan and you fancy it, then yeah, go, give it a go. Yeah, well, we can we can listen to it and start dreaming. You know, we can start <laughs> thinking this is what where Bill Foley wants to go at some point. Well, probably never, but you know, it's going well, it's, it's, it's funny we do we do a format on there um, called Heaven and Hell, where yeah. uh, we have opposition uh, guests on who talk about uh, and we talk about a heaven game for each and a hell game for each. Um, and I, I I've always thought about doing one with Bournemouth, but you've literally only ever taken two points off us in, in your in your history. Yeah, exactly. um, and it's it's really hard to 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 say that a, a city hell is a draw and a Bournemouth heaven is a draw. <laughs> but yes. uh, you know maybe 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 in a few years we can uh, we can look back on this weekend's game and go well that, that that's one of the heaven or hell. I was thinking that you was going to ask about any game and I was going to be able to mention Blythe Spartans all those years <laughs> ago. You don't have to worry about that, but. <laughs> I <laughs> know oh, we've got, like the the York one is ours. That's that that's the one. Where where were you? Oh, the the day they lost to Mansfield at Main Road in the uh, in the Auto Windscreens Trophy. That was uh, <laughs> that 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 was a day because that that I, I think United played a Champions League game that night as well, and and we shut three sides of Main Road because it, it just wasn't going to open. I think about a thousand people turned up. It was a it was a real low point for us. That was the season after we got to the final as well um, <laughs> against Grimsby. So the auto windscreen shield final was something you yeah. know, that played on a lot of fans' memories for, you know, and that was our proud moment. Well, yeah, we had a, we had a, so the fellow that scored our goal in that game, we lost 2-1 at Main Road to Mansfield. And the fellow that scored our goal, I'm almost certain was Craig Russell, who 
uh, scored at York that year. Um, and I always think, so do you remember, so football manager these days uh, yeah. used to be, it, it's, it's, it, it kind of was born out of a split between IDOS and the develop, and the developers of uh, football manager. And uh, so it used to be championship manager. So championship manager yeah. then um, had Craig Russell uh, in the city squad as a defender, uh, defender left stroke center forward. And I'm just like, if you're, if you don't know if your position is left back or centre forward, then like, what are you as a footballer? <laughs> yeah. I remember speaking as well because, of course, Man City only spent one season in that division. Yeah. Um, and of course, you beat Gillingham in the final. In the final I, yeah. Yeah, I did speak to Vince Bartram about that game. <laughs> you know, of course, his um his opinion of it wasn't so pleasant as um I'm sure Noel Gallagher's you can remember yeah. at the end, well, you know, him going well, mad at the Yeah, well Paul Dickoff who scored the winning goal, uh, who scored <laughs> the equalizer for City, uh was Vince Bartram's best man at his wedding. So uh, they, he said. He, I remember interviewing, and he said uh, we were speaking to Vince and the families over Christmas time, and said, "Wouldn't it be mad if we came down to each other against the play, in the playoffs?" And uh, and they did, and and so he scored that last minute equaliser and won on penalties. So it was uh, it was quite the playoff. And it, I mean, nobody nobody harks back to those days. I like, like I said before, I do I do remember those days quite fondly. But again, it's safe in the knowledge that it all turned out. As, as well as it did. If City were still, if City didn't get that promotion and they didn't get back to the Premier League when they did, there's a fair chance they'd still be dogging around the Football League now. And I don't think I would look back on that Gillingham game quite as fondly, to be honest. But, no. uh, but you know, here we are. Fair enough, mate. Well, thank you so much again for coming on the show. Um, absolute pleasure as always. The link for the Blue Moon podcast is down below as well. And no doubt we'll do this later on in the season um, when you'll probably be top of the league, smashing everybody, you know, Champions League, probably be out semi-finals at that time, I'm sure. I hope, I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as much as I want to live in the moment, I do hope they do it again this year. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it'd be amazing, wouldn't it? It'd be amazing. But now, thanks so much, Dave. And we'll catch Anytime. up with you soon. All the best. Take care. And thank you, everybody, for joining us. Please remember to hit the like, subscribe, the bell button. Um, do leave your comments and all that jazz as well. How do you think this game's going to go? Do be realistic as well. Um, you know, we, we're not going to win 4-0. Um, you know, hopefully it'd be nice, wouldn't it? But, yeah, be realistic. Um, but... Do check out all of our recent interviews that we've done. Do check out um, Professor Brian Cox is also on this channel now as well. So do make sure that you check him out and do check out everything else we do. Make sure you subscribe to Cherry's Extra as well. Those videos are a little bit more raw, a little bit more ready, but they are valuable as well. Until the next show, though, up the cherries and we'll see you in the next one. Thank you for joining us. Now, can we do what Wolves did? We'll see. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.